Guys, mm. my child, culinary genius. Mm. Do tell. I just went downstairs before you start recording to make sure that he was making his school lunch. Was and I looked and he was trying to make a sandwich out of beef jerky. <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, wait. Was he using the beef jerky as the bread or was the beef jerky the inside of the sandwich? Ooh, we could always take it one more. No, it was the inside of the sandwich. I told I had to inform him that it probably would not work because I'm very well versed in beef jerky. Um, it is one of my staple foods. You would um, consider my, yourself a connoisseur. A connoisseur, yeah. My my sodium levels are uh, through the roof. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel dehydrated um, just talking about this. Yeah, so like you, know, you have to kind of chew the beef jerky for a while to rehydrate it so that you can swallow it, or you drink water and then uh, one of your jackass co-hosts make you snarf it through your nose. Um, <laughs> I did it with love. <laughs> but I did inform him because by the time you chew the jerky, the bread is going to be pretty nasty. So I'm like, eh, <laughs> chew the jerky. We got to figure. We, we got to figure that out. So <laughs> chew the jerky, <laughs> dude. I I got a recipe for making pizza out of bread. Interesting. Okay, I thought you were going to say out of beef jerky, and I was going to show up in, in the, the front door. in the air fryer, and I and I love it. It it freaking works. I'm like in an air no fryer. This works in an air fryer. That's and awesome, it, and it friggin' works. Yeah, air fryers are wonderful. They really are. I got a great recipe for meth. Whoops. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 tater tots in an air fryer. Yes, yes, tater tots. So you guys are uh, listening to the Gibby Five podcast and uh, episode, uh, what are we, 271. Also, the police are now listening to that episode as well. <laughs> Hi. And this we are brought to you by the Gibby Five patrons who, it's their fault, police. It, if you want to be totally a Gibby Five patron so I can blame you for illicit activities, uh, go to patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Give me five podcast. Some entertaining. Talk about entertaining things. And uh, it could be movies. It could be books. It could be history. It could be Omar. Hi. But, uh, you know, it's any of those things. Uh, my name is Cannonball Titcomb. <laughs> and I'm joined by Johnny Dickshot. Hello. Yes, that is me. You shut your mouth. That is me. You just, you just said it louder. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and... Rusty cunts. Oh, uh, that's definitely me. Wait, what? <laughs> that's, that's actually Rusty Coons. Uh, those are um, baseball players from the 1800s, actually. Mm. Really? For real? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's kind of cool. Um, what positions but... did they play? Uh, uh, so I... you didn't know I was going to ask questions. I know, right? Now I'm concerned. Um, Doggy style? Well, one of them has been dead since 1950. He died at the age of 83. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, no, I said, War. what did they play? Not what position do they play? Um, Jackass. Um, blah, 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 blah. I, you stupid. Oh, so, he's a, uh, so, um, he is a, uh, John, uh, Johnny Titcomb. Or, no, sorry, Cannonball Johnny Dickshot. Yeah. Cannonball Titcomb was a pitcher. Okay. Um, Johnny Dickshot, uh, born January of 1910, died 1997, actually. Ooh. Um, Johnny Dickshot was a, uh, he was actually proclaimed to be the ugliest man in baseball. 
Is, um, is he, that a position? <laughs> he played for the Giants and Baseball's the White Sox and the Pirates. <laughs> and the Pirates. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't say, which is weird. Like Wikipedia is failing me. What about Rusty Kuntz? Let's see. It's actually Rusty Kuntz, by the way. That he was. Very I know. Adamant. I just like saying Rusty. Kuntz. Yeah, it's much better that way. Yeah, I mean, he was very adamant. Like, I would have loved to be an announcer. Um, Rusty Kuntz actually he was a little more modern. Um, he was an outfielder. He was an outfielder. Okay. Um, he, uh, he's still alive, actually. Really? He's sixty-seven years old. Oh. So he's coming after you. That's not bad. That's not. He's not like old. I mean, like you know. If I'm not afraid of him, if I if I <laughs> well, if he played, if I got Danny the... Trejo chasing me, I'm not afraid of Rusty Cunts. He played through 1995. So there's a very strong possibility because I used to collect baseball cards that I still have one of his baseball cards. So, Rusty, you might get you might get one of those. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff this week. Sorry, we've rambled a bit about vintage baseball players, but uh, we are going to talk about uh, Hunters Two. Uh. Is it Young E? What is last seen alive? Is that like something old that ended up staying on there? That's not me. Probably. Yeah, there was extra stuff in here that I have no idea why. Uh, Young E and uh, season two of The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, Three Pines, is that that's, something you Yes, have? that's me. There we get Three Pines, <clears throat> uh, which is the sequel to Two Pines. And of course, the um, is it's the threequel to Two Pines two. and... Uh, Just Pine. And... And the prequel to Which, Four Pines, yeah, it's the, and also it's the um, it came out after the ver- after the very surprise success of Pine, so <laughs> so yeah, or Solo Pine, yeah. Uh, we are making up shit as we go, so even if we spoil stuff, Rob, do you think <laughs> it's really going to matter? Um, I don't know that it actually will. I mean, we'll probably spoil some things because we have a habit of, we have a habit of doing that, but you know, if we happen to be talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to, that you really want to seen, read, or listen to, uh, maybe pause it, come back, or skip ahead, and then come back, or just say screw it and listen to it, let us spoil it, and then decide whether or not you decide you really want to continue on with said item yeah we can spoil the upcoming football games this weekend maybe maybe like i don't believe the 49ers won on a strip sack with a minute and 30 seconds left for touchdown is that is that where where i was like standing in the end zone stripping what yeah. happened okay yeah, that's that so um, yeah, and showing my sack <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> is that Rob's, is that real stuff rob's that pale Rob's pale scrotum swinging in the breeze. Kansas City. <laughs> my strip sack, dude. It's gonna behold be like, my strip sack. <laughs> it's gonna be like in the single digits in Kansas City. Um, I don't wait. No, it's not. Oh, they're in Philadelphia. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be the single digits in Philadelphia. So you, if you don't want to deal with a shrinking situation, I don't think you want to do that. Uh, speaking of things that people don't want to do, or maybe may, possibly didn't want to do, uh, I am a fan of Rick and Morty. Love it. I know Omar is a fan of Rick Huge. and Morty. Rob tolerates yeah, it periodically. I, I've watched Rick and Morty. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, it has its moments. I mean, I don't go out of my way to watch it, but I won't turn it off. Yeah. Um, Justin Roiland, who is a partial creator, I think he has some input, but uh, mostly he is the voice of Rick and Morty. Uh, he is no longer the voice of Rick and Morty. Oh, this kills me. Because in uh, 2020, allegedly, we're going allegedly, um, but... 
because he is such an important part of the show and he is being let go, I'm pretty sure that they that it's a open and shut case. Um, he was arrested and charged with one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. Um, so he is out. He is also a partial creator of Solar Opposites, which I think is maybe mm-hmm. on uh, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network. I believe um, that. And he is, uh, does voices on Koala Man, which is on Hulu. Right. So and and you you know how I feel about this stuff. I've told you a couple of times that you know if 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 this is in fact true, f that guy. I don't I don't ever need to see his face again. But in in this instance, since it happened so long ago, there's probably been a lot of investigation already done. Um, but like when something just pops there's a up, a lot of corporate lawyers that can get evidence. Right. And when but when something has just happened, I'm always in the camp of. Let's let's before we jump to conclusions, Correct. before we jump to punishments, let's figure out what happened. And if this actually happened, yes, F that guy. And if it didn't happen, you know, there's no need to punish. Him. Or if it didn't happen quite the way that we've been led to believe that it happened. Yeah, it's it's such a it's there's so many moving parts in these things, like a lot of, you know, on a long running show that has schedules and all that stuff. And he's a main, I mean, obviously you can't do the show without him. If you're just like putting right. him on hiatus, that's that you've got to figure that the people involved in the show know exactly what happened. And it's mm-hmm. not like him and the other guy haven't worked together for a long period of time. So, right. And, and, and I mean, this isn't something like, like somebody dug up a tweet of his from 40 years ago where he, you know, called a girl a bitch that'd be or ama- something. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but you get what I mean. <laughs> That's pretty and funny. um where where he where he used a slur against a female and you know all of a sudden he needs to be fired. It, it this isn't that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, we're talking felony domestic battery. Yeah. There, it looks like there was I, I don't know. I Either way, there uh there is a million comedians and actors and impressionists out there that can do perfect Rick and Morty impressions, so I don't think we're going to end up with a uh, a Jim Henson Kermit the Frog situation. Hey guys, it's uh, Kermit. It's happening. <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite Family Guy joke. Still. It's so good. Hey everybody. What is it like? Like uh What is it? Uh, is it something like uh, it's just uh, it's just allergies or something? And he's like, yeah, that's what Jim Henson thought. It was just allergies. Now Kermit sounds weird. <laughs> and then he cut to it, and he's wow. like, hey, it's Kermit. What's up, guys? <laughs> And it's it's because I love Jim Henson and it's bad, but you know I hear shit like that and it makes me laugh That's and I funny. feel bad for it. But like Jim Dennis Henson Leary would, had a joke Jim like Henson that too. Laugh too. If you ever listen, if you ever read Jim Henson's book, which is great by the way, the book mm-hmm. about him, um, he would have laughed too. He was a dirty, dirty, had a dark sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Okay, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, uh, it was Dennis Leary who made the joke. I think Jim Henson once said, "Anybody got an aspirin? I think I got a cold." Wow. wow. Oh, I miss Dennis Leary. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, I haven't seen. Um, he did that show, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, about five years ago, and then that was it. Yeah, he was, which I like. That was a great show. The Justin Roiland thing's very disappointing and sad on so many levels. It, it's Not just... overly surprising to people around him as well, by the way. Oh, really? That yeah, that the the main show creator apparently hold, oh. has to hold the ship together because yeah. he's Roiland. Apparently, is uh, a loose cannon. We'll say that. Interesting. So, yes. Uh, anyone else have any news? No news. 
is good news. No news. Gary good news. No news is a good good news. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for getting that, guys. I appreciate that. <clears throat> so, uh, what are some dangers that you might face? We're going to talk about Florida, our state. Uh, what what are we? What are some dangers you might face while doing yoga? Alligators. Uh, that maybe. I I know the answer to this question because I read that story too. Um, uh, dudes uh, with upside down visors. Oh, definitely dudes with upside down visors. Yeah, t- um, middle aged women farting on you. <laughs> being believe, behind right men in stretch pants. Okay. Yeah. No. You. I thought we. Wait. I thought we've agreed that that's a good thing. <laughs> no, you agreed thought, that was did, good. Oh, that was when you were behind me. <laughs> Never mind. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what's yoga without staring at Rob's taut, rippling buttocks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what's putting the yo in yoga. I don't know. Rob's taut buttocks um, is actually that's what yoga means in Swahili. Yeah, was it Rob's taut buttocks the, ba- the your band in high school? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Hello, we're Rob's taut buttocks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so what? The, so here's the deal. There's a group of people that decided to go outside uh, doing a yoga class in Miami. But it was a couple weeks ago when it was a little bit cold. And what happens to cold-blooded creatures when it's cold? They get stunned. Okay. Um, they freeze. And, uh, they actually, out. no, they, it wasn't even because they were cold. But, it, I mean, it was a time period they were cold. But there was two uh, um, iguanas that were having a territorial fight in a tree above said yoga class. And uh, one of them fell and landed on the uh, yoga instructor. That's terrifying. And see, oh my god! I had I been in that class, I would have been shocked first off, and then been completely unable to control my laughter. Absolutely, I would have laughed so effing hard. <laughs> I probably would have fallen down and held my side. Who could blame now, you? Now, iguanas are, of course, bigger than the average. Like, if you are from Florida, you know that you can go outside and there's, li- like, as you're walking, the lizards kind of play chicken and run across the, the sidewalk and stuff. And those are the little, like, anoles and whatever. They're just little lizards. Now, iguanas are way bigger. Um, and they're all over the place because the college students just, like, leaving them out. Um, so we have a major iguana place down here because they're, like, eating and, all of the and stuff. And now you walk down wear. the sidewalk and they stand up on two legs and beat their chest and go, come at me, bro. Yeah, right, they do. Yeah. Like, with their, with their like little a... sleeveless jean jackets and a cigarette <laughs> yeah, like hanging a wa- out of their they mouth. Got like a wallet chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're dressed like they're in The Outsiders or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, the, but this is actually very, uh, what's the word, self uh Oh, he's, he says the injured yogi who is identified only as Michael due to the possibly embarrassing nature of the incident. So he's, he's very self-aware. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, he said he does not want to be known as the guy whose face was used in a, as an iguana landing pad, which is smart because you don't want that. It landed um, on his face? He said he – yeah. Oh, I feel bad he said he, did, he didn't see it coming. It felt like a sandbag hit me in the face. Um, first thing I thought was it must have been a <laughs> It coconut. probably was a bag. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I don't think iguanas have testicles. <clears throat> Those things aren't small, man. That dude had a dinosaur land on his head. Holy shit! It, so dinosaur the balls. iguana, the iguana weighed between twenty and thirty pounds, Damn. and fell from and fell from twenty five feet in the air. Well, yoga must work because his and then head didn't come off. Rubbed its balls across his face. Jesus Christ! <laughs> iguana so balls. 
<laughs> Damn it. We've already named the episode and it just started. Iguana balls. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> said that uh, it, iguanas are common in that area and um, one of them has been described as the king of that freaking park. Um, it left him with a swollen eye, a bleeding nose and lip. Uh, nearby paramedics conducted a quick checkup on him. And, <laughs> He's uh, pregnant with I was going to say, and, yeah. and the iguana's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> Call me. Stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. So, Everything about that is There's 150 people. The case it's kind of scary if you believe in in that kind of thing. Uh, out of 150 people in the class, I just want to know why it was him. So he's basically saying, like, couldn't it have been one of my 149 friends? You're supposed to be more yoga like. Um, he also now it also changed his opinion. This is actually kind of funny, and I don't want to go down this path, but this is actually funny. I I don't normally believe in guns, but now all iguana should be shot on sight. So now he is a <laughs> against <laughs> against iguana. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, nature. I'm a lifelong pacifist <laughs> and vegetarian, but fuck those green monsters. <laughs> We're all pacifists until an iguana lands on our face. <laughs> it drags his balls across your face. <laughs> until a 30-pound dinosaur lands on you while you're doing a downward-facing dog. That sucks. <laughs> Jesus. That rocks rough. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh my God. Uh, Sorry, dude. Michael with no last name. You're now Michael Iguana Balls. Uh, <laughs> Coming up into a sun salutation. I hope his name is like John or something. Like he just went with a completely different name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all know way more yoga moves than I would have assumed. <laughs> we were like dropping yoga positions. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it is time. He's upset he wasn't in Warrior 2. Oh, then he'd nice. have been ready. Nicely done. <laughs> nice freaking iguanas it's crazy the amount of iguanas that are like yeah there's that one canal that runs along military trail like you know pat like near uh town center mall and there's like those pipes that go across oh, yeah. it and if you go at the right time there's like it's just covered in iguanas uh, everywhere is down here it's, well that it's, that was that was the one where they had that alligator that people mm -hmm. were like taking pictures of that was out like chasing cars and shit yeah it's crazy down here yeah no it's like there's one chilling by the pool in my apartment building. It left a nice big turdy surprise. It was gross. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, yeah, so, rough. We are, we are ready to do our regular topics here. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing first here? Um, um, I don't know. Whatever you guys want. Uh, Rob's got two things. Why don't you do... You did two, didn't you? I you know what I'll I'll touch on I'll touch on uh Vox Machina since it, it's not going to be very long it's uh, we're only three episodes in <laughs> that's what he says to his lady friends oh, it's not going to be very long um so <laughs> the Legend of Vox Machina we've talked about it in the past on this show um it's it's an animated series that's on Amazon Prime season two was actually just released on January twentieth so we've got three episodes so far. <clears throat> And it comes out, I believe, on Fridays. So we'll have another uh, another three episodes, I think, tomorrow. And it again, we do have the regular cast back. So we've got Laura Bailey as Vixalia. We've got Talisan Jaff as Percy. Ashley Johnson as Pike. Matthew Mercer as Trinket. Liam O'Brien as Vaxeldan. And Marisha Ray as Keyleth. Sam Rigel as Scanlan. And Travis Willingham as Grog. 
I still love this show. It it isn't the so far the second season isn't quite as comedic as the first season was. They've they've leaned a little bit more into the the adventure portion of of said show. It, you know, it's always been like a comedy adventure kind of um, Dungeons and Dragons type thing. But so far, the first three episodes are a little bit more action. There's a little bit more uh, uh, hectic things going on around around our crew. And so the synopsis so far this season is, after saving the realm from evil and destruction at the hands of the most terrifying power couple in Exandria, Vox Machina is faced with saving the world once again, this time from a sinister group of dragons known as the Chroma Conclave. And in the first three episodes, the dragons basically invade. They take over, and you see uh, you see our heroes kind of dealing with it and rescuing the people that they can and trying to plan what they can do next. Um, they're trying to recruit some new allies. They're trying to find new magical weapons. It's it, So far, I, I still enjoy it. I still love the show. It's not, like I said, there isn't a whole lot of comedy so far. I'm looking forward to it because the first season actually had that as well. It went in, it went in bursts. Like some, some episodes were funny. Some episodes had a lot of action. Um, they didn't necessarily do it all at the same time. So it kind of like ebbed and flowed during the season. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I, I love the show. I, I definitely recommend it if you're a fan of like the, the fantasy type. D&D style um D&D style type like questing shows so, stories games whatever yeah so just my opinion cuz I, I only watched the first season just now <clears throat> cuz I was getting ready for the second season um and I, I there was something else that was going on when I when it first came in came out so I didn't get a chance to watch anything but episode 1 uh it's very close to Dungeons and Dragons, but you don't need to know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. If you're like, right. well, I don't I don't know anything about that. But there are times where you're like watching it and you're like and if you have to keep in your mind that the people that create the show, um, they're from what Critical Role, right? Yeah. So they're from Critical Role and it's it's imagine if your game of if your group of gaming friends are all extremely hilarious, creative, funny people. And then you strip away all of like the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, which is like there's stuff that's in a book that you have to kind of follow, um, and you get to create your own stuff. And you, of course, get your jackass friends. There's going to be like you know the the horny one that every you know they'll be like, an orc appeared. Well, can I have sex with it? You know, like there's that guy, mm-hmm. and you kind of get that character. And then there's like the the big like ofi guy that just wants to kill everything and destroy everything, and the 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 Leroy Jenkins type character, <laughs> who, mm-hmm. by the way, my favorite. <laughs> yes. I do um, love Grog. Well, I I like Keyleth though. Which one's Keyleth? Is Keyleth the the elf girl or the 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 druid? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you watch it, and like sometimes that you like, it's weird because it's one of those episodes. It's one of those shows to where <laughs> I, I actually cared a lot about the characters, even though there was some snarky, funny stuff going on. There was like there's a the storyline, of course, with the in the first season with the the vampires and the. Mm-hmm. The guy's family and the the dude like hunting him down like that gun thing is badass and it's I bet he could kill a shit ton of iguanas with that thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that like that little like you know Vulcan. And yogurt instructor thing. Dan would be very grateful. 
He would. He would. <laughs> M- Michael, I believe. No, or Jonathan. No, I, we're just making up his name every time we say it now. Right. For yeah. Plus, plus, what yoga instructor goes by Michael? It's always like Maharishi or something like that. <laughs> Mikhail. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Mikhail. It's my wife's yoga instructor, but it's weird. She doesn't do yoga. It's strange. Oh. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you may have another problem. <laughs> dinosaurs are the least of your problems at this point uh, we're too busy to do anything remotely fun just saying fair enough uh so yeah it's I've, i'm very excited about getting into um this and since this is one of those that actually is coming out over time we can always revisit it at the end mm-hmm. and see if it lived up to it which is what we'll end up doing with uh was the other show we just recently talked about last of us um Yes, yeah, Last of Us as well. Oh, episode two was so good too. I've yet to see any yeah, of them. Watch them. I'm not sure how I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch them before we get to the you know the season finale. But there, once you start watching, you're not gonna. Want to that's kind of why I'm waiting because it's gonna annoy me that I have to wait a week. Yeah. What is this? 1996? Like, what are we doing? Let's just release the shit. <clears throat> but so that is Legend of Vox Machina on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Uh, if you're into funny stuff and dragons and lighthearted, but still you care about the characters, well done. Definitely with a lot of love. I highly yeah. suggest. Scanlan is out. hilarious. Is that the, the, I never, I don't know the character's names yet. He's, he's, he's the, the, the gnome. The, the yeah, he's the, the, yeah, he, he is hilarious. Likes, likes the butt stuff. That one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's not even a joke. Like that's literally, he like literally sings. I, about. I didn't think you were making it up. I figured that was. <laughs> um, all right. Very so, good. Um, since it is the number one movie, it's a movie, right? Not a TV show. The Young E. Mm-hmm. Since it is the number one thing. Well, let's end with that one. Okay. Um, uh, let me jump into Three Pines because this won't take long either. Jump, jump into Three yeah, Pines. If you don't mind. The Chris Pine story. The Legend of Chris Pine. Vox Machina season three. No. Um, Three Pines is on Amazon Prime. It was released. uh, Oh, not too long ago. It was uh, 12 to 22. So just before the holidays really kicked in. Um, Synopsis. Following Chief Inspector Armand Gamache as he investigates cases beneath the idyllic surface of the Quebec village known as Three Pines and then finding long-buried secrets and facing a few ghosts of his own. So Inspector Gamache is played by uh, Alfred Molina, uh, Dr. Octopus, um, who he's one of those guys that, like, if he's in a movie, I'll definitely give it a, a whirl because he's, he's so good. Um, there's going to be a lot of French names that I can't pronounce. Uh, Rossif Sutherland, Elimasia Tailfeathers, Sarah Booth, Anna Tierney, Julian Bailey, Marie-France Lambert, Tanto Cardinal, um, Claire Coulter, Frederick Antoine Gimond. I probably nailed that. Uh, Pierre Simpson. And I just can't keep going because it gets harder and harder. But these stories um, are are based on a a series of novels. All right. So originally it was written 
Um, it's an eight episodes long. The um, let me see here. I don't want to explain this. Okay, so it's a it's it's a mystery series. It's okay. Alfred Molina is the main character. The author is Louise Penny. Who I've seen her books around. I've never read anything by her. And it's centered around Alfred Molina's character. So there's apparently a lot of these books. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there's a strong Native American connection to this. There, there is, and there's an interesting. It's Canada, though, so I don't think it's a Native American. <laughs> well, it's what it, it's what they call indigenous, right? So, oh, Canada is still North America. True, that's true. Still America. Um, it's named after a fictional town. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> begging but your, I believe they are Inuit. begging your pardon. Um, it's named after the fictional town of Three, Pound, Three Pines, Quebec, and it's actually modeled after Louise Penny's hometown um, of Knowlton, Quebec. And it's very interesting. So the series is eight episodes, but the overall setup of the way that this show is is done is very unique. So each mystery that you that you watch is is two episodes. So it's literally episode one and two is is one story. Episode three and four is another story. Episode five and six, they all have a common thread and like there's character development. But once you're on an odd number like one or three or five, you're getting a new mystery, and it's wrapped up in the next episode. And each one of those twin episodes is based on one of Louise Penny's books. So they, I've never read the books, but they do a very good job of getting you into the mystery and then solving it within the second episode. Um, I would imagine there's a lot left out because a novel obviously has a lot more detail, but for the show, they do a very, very good job of like pacing and things like that. It's, it, it sucks you in. It's very interesting. Um, the other interesting thing is the 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 overall thread that goes through each episode is that inspector gamash and his crew they're trying to find this missing indigenous girl all right the storyline about the missing girl is not from any of the novels this was written for the show specifically so it's it's not affiliated with any of the louise penny novels um this from what I could see, it seems to be kind of one of those um, sort of ripped from the headlines type of ideas. Um, apparently right now there's a lot of talk in Canada about um, indigenous women who have gone missing over the years or possibly decades. I don't know enough about it at the moment, but the- I, did, I, I just went through like an entire podcast thing on it's like these these schools, which now we look back and in the 50s and 60s and 70s and actually even before then. They were really trying to take the indigenous out of the people and however they possibly could. They'd, they'd put them in the school and they would like basically abuse these kids and women and whatever to make them forget their heritage and stuff like that. And if they died, oh, well, they weren't strong enough, that kind of thing. Like, that's not me saying it. That's That was them. That's like if you saw the news story about some of these indigenous people where they – with like these schools are being torn down now and they're finding like – hundreds of bodies on the ground. Well, that was mentioned in 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 sort of the reading I did about this is that like we have them here too, by the <clears> way. <throat> in fact, one of them literally just closed yesterday. Here in America? Yeah. yeah, one of those types of schools. It wasn't for indigenous, but it's like the 
the schools for like bad kids. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. If you notice, they were a lot. Those schools were a lot more popular up until the internet came out, and the people could actually like say what happened to them at the schools. And now they're starting to close. Now they're, yeah, because now there's they have an audience, they have a voice. Because before it was like, well, you know, you're a bad kid, and your and your parents had to send you to the school, so why should we believe you? Now it's like survivors are finding survivors. It's a there was a whole thing about it I just read. It was actually horrifying. Yeah, that's very sad. I mean, even in this even in this story in Three Pines. Um, the first of the eight, uh, the first two episodes revolve around a, a murder of this woman who was, she was terrible. Um, and they even mention how that's interesting that you say that because they mention the house she lived in with her husband who she was cheating on, and her daughter who she was like really really mean to, um, used to be one of those boarding houses for indigenous girls, and it got closed whatever years ago. And they even mention it in the story in the show where they're like, oh, well, this I can't believe that she did this. She lived here. She chose this house. Um, it used to be, you know, one of those boarding houses for indigenous girls. And one of the other characters says something about how, like, well, she didn't clearly didn't care about that. She just like it was this big, beautiful house, you know. Um, and so that that kind of becomes the common theme where they talk about, you know, I think at one point they mentioned something about some graves that were found, things like that. Um, if, if you like, if you like mysteries and you, you know, with Alfred Molina and the other characters, it's excellent acting. Um, very, very well done story, right? Story, um, writing. And I, I am a fan of when they take things that are like kind of from the headlines and, and inject them into these stories. I think it adds a little bit of realism. Um, I absolutely recommend this. Uh, it's it's very, very well done. And as the show goes on, as it progresses through the episodes, um, you you know, the characters obviously get more and more dimension. Oh, and another interesting thing, they do a great job of the quirkiness of like the local townspeople. Like they're really funny. One's this like really old lady who's always like, who the fuck is it? <laughs> what the fuck do you want from? And she's like, you know, 80 or whatever. And she's just angry all the time. It's very funny. Oh, and she carries a duck around. She's always walking around with a literally a duck, like a live duck. Um, oh wow! It's it's quirky. I, w- I want to do that, but it's cool. Like it's a it's very very well done. Highly highly recommended. I don't want to take any more time because I know we have other things to talk about. But um, jump on that if you want. I think I could be the. It, it sounds interesting. I'll I I'm definitely interested to check it it's out. It's good. It's very good. I'm just wondering if I could maybe be the quirky guy that walks around with a duck. You absolutely can. You already are. Yes, you just need the duck. Except I don't have a duck. Yeah, that is not a euphemism for no, your penis. No, but th- that's... <laughs> Please don't. That's just a prop. You're still the quirky guy. You can just carry anything around and it'll qualify. Please. There was always a thing. There was always a, a little thing I had in college when I would go to parties. If there yeah, was ever, if Ah, and they laughed Zing. at you. Wait, what? No, no. no. If, if I went to a party and there was ever the guy that was the guy that wears the weird hat, like there's always someone that would wear like an like a, a fedora or yeah, something like stupid. an inter a quote unquote interesting hat. I would know the party was going to suck <laughs> because as soon as as soon as you get guy that decides to show up in like the crocodile Dundee hat, you know there's going to be no women there. <laughs> like back in college. That's that actually very, there, right. That's a very astute observation. Yeah, and usually they would also have the um the vest the the fishing vest with the little pockets on it. 
Like you, you pair up the fishing vest and the awkward hat and you know that you're not, it's not going to be a good time. Okay. Yeah. It was a rule. It's a rule to live by this. See kids, we're teaching you stuff. Life lessons, life lessons. right here. Give me five yeah. podcasts. There's someone out there that's currently wearing like a fez being like, like awkwardly slowly slipping it off his head. Turn, <laughs> awkwardly unsubscribing to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Hope a lizard falls on their heads. Dicks. That's why I wear this Drags fez. Balls across their face. <laughs> that's why I'm wearing this fez to protect me from lizards. Exactly. Hey, oh, that well, okay. That's fair. That's your lizard fez? Mm-hmm. Walk around yes. with a helmet on. Uh, we're going to talk about something lighthearted now, and that's Nazi hunters. Jesus. Yeah, well, uh, all right then. Nicely done, Greg. I'm the only one. I'm the only one allowed in the podcast allowed to say that, I think. Um, <laughs> no one should be allowed to say that. <laughs> keep, keep challenging me, Greg. Come on. <laughs> keep challenging me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm talking about the show Hunters. This is season two. Season one I really liked um, and thought it was kind of a cool story, but – I had I vaguely I didn't go back and listen to our episode, but I vaguely remember trying to figure out what the tone of this show was of Hunters was because in some ways it was very heavy history stuff, but then like they would turn the door and it would be like or they would like go to some place and all of a sudden like the leftover Nazis have like mind control and you're like well this verges on like sci-fi so what is it so and that was kind of my opinion before and it actually stayed my opinion uh this came back on january 13th on prime i think everything we did is on prime right this time uh no my movie is on netflix oh okay you ruined it Boo. i'm sorry uh so netflix uh starring josh radner logan lerman lena olin carol kane the phenomenal carol kane um kate mulvaney al pacino I don't know why Al Pacino is not listed first, but um, uh, let's see. Is he just a secondary? Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh, sorry. Um, what, what is he say? just more of a secondary character? No, he's like one of the main oh. characters. Lo- Logan Lerman is like the main character, but <clears throat> um, but uh, Al Pacino is the the Al Pacino. Uh, Logan Lerman is the everyday person that you're supposed to see the story through his eyes, um, whereas. Uh, Al Pacino is the person that's like training him and pushing the story along. But anyway, uh, in 1977, New York, a troubled young Jewish man bent on revenge is taken by in by a secret group of Nazi hunters fighting a clandestine war against a cabal of high. It's like all these awesome words: clandestine, cable, or cabal, high-ranking Nazi officials in hiding who work to create the Fourth Reich. Um, so this basically tells a story of people in the 70s, of course, hunting. All these um, ex-Nazis that, of course, escaped South America and other places, uh, including America. Um, and the first season kind of dealt with the Al Pacino character um, who – I don't want to spoil it, but had more of a story than you would think. And then season two, of course, they – at the end of season one – spoiler alert. The big twist is Hitler is alive. Ooh. So – Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Ooh. And yeah, so season two, of course, is is the as advertised the final season. Even though it's only two seasons, I don't. They were very like you couldn't get past it saying the final season on any time you clicked on it on Amazon. They are of course tr- going to get that 
big uh, big score, so to speak. Um, the story is really good, but I, and it's it's interesting. It's got some actually some really good action and fight scenes, uh, as well as some moments that you know when they show they show things in different time periods. So they're saying it takes place in seventy seven, but sometimes it jumps to seventy eight, seventy nine, seventy four, all the way back to the actual concentration camps, where you find out why some of these people hate. Specific, specifically why they hate certain people they're actually hunting. Um, so those are those are interesting. But it's – do you remember that movie – Rob, you'll probably remember this. Do you remember that movie like The Big Hit or like any of those like action comedy yeah, I know, movies? I know of it. I don't know that I ever actually watched. So yeah. like those action comedies where like at a certain point you no longer really are concerned for the characters because it just seems like there's a million bullets flying everywhere and mm-hmm. like – the deaths end up more comedic kind of thing. So it's not quite there, but it's also not quite a man in the high castle where it's like very serious and drab and whatever. So like it's very, it's a weird show to review because there are certain parts of it that are super like, wow, what would this have been like? Because it sounds heavy. It sounds like a heavy show. Yeah. Like there's parts of it that are super heavy. Then there's other parts that it's like, You know, like some Nazi will get killed in a horrible way and like, you know, like a trap will happen. It'll capture a Nazi, do something terrible to him. And like the heroes are leaving the room and they kind of stop and like look back like, oh, you like, you know, that kind of like gross mm-hmm. action comedy kind of stuff. Right. So like, um, but then they, uh, here's your spoiler alert. Um, one of the big stories is like this kid is supposed to be getting married and his girlfriend is unaware, his fiance is unaware that he's a a Nazi hunter and the girlfriend's like, look, you're a murderer. You killed people. Like she sees him kill people. He's like, mm-hmm. well, I did it cause they captured you. And she's like, yeah, but I can't be married to a murderer, especially one that lied to me. Um, which kind of makes sense to be honest. And so the, the big thing is like, is he going to kill Hitler when he gets him? Or is he going to drag him in front of a tribunal? And that's kind of, so, you wonder, like, what would that? Could you imagine if Hitler didn't kill himself in a bunker? What the press would be like if they finally found him and like actually put him on trial? What would that have been? And like, they show it in this, and it's so it's really that part's really interesting. Um, there's a whole other sequence actually, which is it's interesting, but it's a little. I'll explain in a second, but they basically find one of the um, architects that worked for Hitler to build some of his bunkers and stuff, of course, was given a nice little like German cottage. Um, And he, of course, was forced into doing this and he is living in this cottage. But he during the during the um, Holocaust and all that, he is actually has built areas in his place to hide people so they don't get persecuted and killed. So, and he, they're largely safe because no one's going to, you know, you're Hitler's architect. Why would you have, why would you have a hidden basement with Jews right. in it and stuff? But he is, he's filled this whole house with traps. So you go from like Anne Frank where it's very serious. These people have to be quiet and you see these children terrified and stuff like that. But also they have the thing that I think is a little, it's cool as hell, but it's completely would not work. Um, the, all the traps in the house are actually run by a handmade version of mousetrap. It's like it's sitting on the floor like a kid was playing with it, but it's actually part of the house. And hmm. as they play the game, it's, it activates traps. At least that's kind of what I got Interesting. Out of it. Okay. So it's neat, but like it's also like 
nothing you would ever want because all it would take is someone to be like, let's move this board game off the floor right in front of the television or whatever. You know, right, right. The, and then the, you get the the sitting room. And you get cut in half. And all of a sudden, you're like, why is this? Yeah. Um, but there's some really cool traps in there. There's like, there is a guy that gets like stuck in a meat grinder. There's a a whole sequence with um cuckoo clocks, of course. Uh, <laughs> as he's as as the families or the you know, the family is trying to keep themselves oh. hidden and make sure the like. Like all the Nazi cars are pulling up and they're running in the house and just getting mowed down by by traps and stuff. It's like Home Alone, but like more Sounds fun. Sounds like Saw. Um, kinda. Um. So anyway, there's that, and then of course the the one thing I was I mentioned this pre episode, but the one thing I was extremely amazed at is Carol Kane in this. Um, she played mm-hmm. a, she plays a character named Mindy Markowitz, who um gets they do a thing during this trial where Hitler's basically in a glass box in the middle of this giant United Nations trial thing. And they do it where they call people up to the stand and they say their name, but like they show everyone saying their name first, even like they don't do it where it's one person after another, after another, even though that's just the way it's edited. So like she goes up and they, she says her name and she says where she was from. And then the next person says it, but it's just, it's edited like that. But then when she tells her story, like Carol Kane, I know of is a, really good comedic actress, you know, one of the classics from the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, you know, uh, princess bride and, you know, I always think of her really in the same sentence, in the same kind of time Prince period. As this, 5, yeah. 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 I, th- yeah. I think of her with like, you know, in, in the same kind of vein as like Gene Wilder. Uh, uh, well, she, Billy she was also, she was also the star of the, of the big movie from with the quote the uh, get out of the house the calls are coming from inside the oh, house and that was oh that, shit that, she yeah was. um shit yeah she was yeah, one of stranger calls. stranger calls that's it yeah she was the the, the babysitter or... yep well wasn't she also one of the yeah one of the ghosts in Scrooged she was so. she was the uh the fairy yeah the fairy godmother yeah the... you're the well, anyway the one who kept hitting him with, with shit. shit yes yeah. Um, so she tells her story. She goes up on the stand, um, and she's telling this story about why she needs to be there and why she's doing it. Because there, and there's like it's interesting because the last episode, that it's episode eight. Episode seven is the one with the the, um, the architect. Everything up to that point is them trying to capture Hitler. So then it's almost like there's like a Meanwhile, on like a different show episode, and then there's the trial. Um, and she gets up there and tells her story, and it's like her and her husband and her like little four year old are like getting brought to the camps, and the husband didn't let go of the four year old, and like the, the Nazi guard shoots him like right in front of the husband, and then shoots her husband. So now, good, you don't have any reason not to go to the camp, kind of thing. It's like holy shit, like, <laughs> mm. and but but her acting this story and the judges are like, you know, we're not looking for that kind of information. We're trying to decide if Hitler actually caused them to do this stuff or if it was happening unbeknownst to him. That's kind of the tag that they take. And she just is ignoring them completely, like going and like continuing with this. And you can see like the set, like it goes from uh, exhaustion to sadness to rage in like the one basic 
conversation. And I was like, by the end of it, I was just like, holy shit. I know this is not the type of show that should win award would win awards for that kind of stuff, but she should. That's how good she was. Like, just for that. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. Um so and then just like even the cuz at this point when you're watching it even though you know what what really happened and all that stuff, you're still like I don't know if they're going to find him guilty cuz the way they're approaching it. And like and the just the sigh of relief whenever the actual thing is over. It's like, oh. so it was really good. I, I you know, it's one of those I was, I kind of had forgotten. I knew that it existed. I kind of had forgotten about season one mm-hmm. because it was a little bit longer ago than most season one to season two things. But when it came out, I was like, oh shit. And then I started watching it and I'm like, yeah. Like, it just, it's just all, this awesome team of like, these old European Jewish people that all have like their own skills and, or, and there's, they have know, a particular uh, set of skills. Exactly. They do. Uh, Kate Mulvaney is like, she plays a nun and she's like a, a killer nun. She's awesome. Um, I enjoyed it. It's definitely, you know, it's two seasons. Um, she's definitely not a warrior nun. Cause that got canceled. It's a shame. <laughs> By uh, the way, did you is... did you see did you see the latest development in the campaign to save Warrior Nun? I didn't, but I, it was, unless you're talking about the the CEO of Netflix saying like that Netflix has never canceled a popular show or something, is that what you're referring to? No, I'm referring to the billboard that they bought outside of of Netflix's uh, corporate headquarters, <laughs> where they put up a billboard that's going to be there for four weeks. With the uh, with a picture of the warrior nun or whatever, it's like hashtag uh, w- save warrior nun or or shit like that. They raise the money to put up the billboard for four weeks outside of the Netflix headquarters. That's pretty awesome. Huh. That's very cool. I appreciate that. That's cool. Two. I think the yeah. part the reason it got canceled is because I never watched season two. You bastard! It's fault. your fault. Yeah. Well. You can come to my house and fling iguanas at my head. <laughs> uh, one more. Uno mas. Uh, yep, exactly. So, I I had heard about this. Um, I I had actually seen an ad for it. Uh, while I was internet surfing for something or whatever, and I I actually also heard about it on the radio on my way into work. And they were talking about this new Korean sci-fi movie called Jung E that had just been released and had hit the number one spot, you know, just, you know, as soon as it was released worldwide. So it hit number one worldwide with Netflix. It was actually released on January 20th of this year, 2023. It's directed by Sang Ho Yeon. And it does star. All right. Bear with me here. And get your giggles ready, Greg. Lee <laughs> Dong Hee. Lee Ga Kyung. I wasn't ready with my giggles. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Lee okay. Dong Hee. <laughs> there you go. Lee <sighs> Ga Kyung. Woo Yol Han. Kim Hwan Ju. Um Ji Wan. Yoon Ki Chang. Sun Hyuk Kim. Ryu Kyung Su. Su Yi Park. Min Jae Shin. Aria Song, Kang Su Yoon. There you go. That wasn't for the name. It just, uh, you know, I like that sound. And 
the the storyline is basically on an uninhabitable 22nd century Earth. The outcome of a civil war hinges on the cloning on cloning the brain of an elite soldier to create a robot mercenary. Ooh, and like I said, I had heard that this that this movie had claimed the top spot on Netflix. You know, after its release. It it is a Korean sci-fi action, and after having watched um, Squid Games, I was like, "Hey, I could do this. This, yeah, I let me check this out because if it's so popular, you know, uh, you know, I should give this a shot." And you know, that's that's what led me to watch this. And I checked it out, and I I really wish I'd looked at the ratings first. Oh no, because I think a lot of people had the same thought as me: is oh yeah, you know, Korean show Squid Games liked it a lot. I'll give this a shot. It's not that good. Um, the, I, I think it currently has a rating on um, IMDb of like 5.4. Um, and had I seen the ratings, right I, now. I wouldn't have expected much. Um, it does have some, some decent special effects. You know, their budget is, is pretty good. The, the voiceovers weren't quite as good as like the Squid Games uh, show. And at times, it seemed to be a victim of bad translations. You, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen a movie with translations where they translate it pretty much directly into English as opposed to translating it into something that people would actually say? Right, like correct English. Yeah. Right, right. So it's it's there are times where it's just got really bad translations, and you're like, well, that was, was kind of a weird, clunky way to say that. Okay. Um, the the story it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere um basically the story uh, revolves around a lead scientist who 35 years ago lost her mother who was the the heroic mercenary that they talked about in the synopsis lost her mother and she's been in a coma ever since. And she's been working on a way to transplant her consciousness into a robotic AI body that they can use to to help them in this civil war that's going on. So Earth has Earth has basically collapsed. It can't support all the people. The people moved to to these satellites in space, and there's like fourteen or something of them, and like three or four of them declare independence and start attacking the other satellites. Um, and they start battling amongst themselves, and there's this big civil war, and they're trying to get these these androids to help them in the war. And since she was such a she was such a uh, a hero in the war 35 years ago, they uh, they're looking to recreate her magic, so to speak. And they're having pretty much the entire episode is them testing out consciousnesses and the consci- the consciousness in the robot failing when it realizes it's a robot. And it always dies at the same point, you know, the, 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 the robot dies at the same point, and they have to start over. And they're trying to map their brain and figure out, you know, what areas they can activate and do all of this stuff. And that's literally like most of the show, and then or most of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, the director of the research facility comes down and he's like, yeah, we're, we're canceling the project, peace is breaking out, so just scrap everything. So all that for nothing. And it's like... Yeah, and it's like, um, okay, <laughs> and 
And, and just like that, the war's over. They're they're like, yeah, we don't need them anymore. We're gonna we're gonna turn them all into sex bots now. And it's like, what? That's weird. So, so then of course the daughter doesn't want her mom's consciousness to be used in all of the sex bots because you know they can just recreate it. They have you know the license to recreate it or whatever. So she tries to free her mom, and like the last I don't know the last ten minutes of the movie is her freeing her mom and then breaking out of out of the facility, being chased by robots. And at the end of the movie, you know, she's injured. The The car that they're trying, or the, the trolley that they're trying to escape on is disabled. The police are coming in, and she's like, you need to go, just go, leave me here. They won't hurt me, they won't kill me, You, but you need to go, because they'll dismantle you, they'll kill you. And so Mom Robot jumps out of the trolley and runs off into the woods, and it ends with her standing on a rock, staring out into nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, that was anti-climactic. <laughs> um, That's how part two begins. Okay. I did uh, get some ideas, though. You know, yeah, my and... With my birthday coming up, I would not mind if you got me a sex bot that had Omar's conscious in it. There you oh, go. I don't even... We're, we're <laughs> actually going to send Omar to your door. He's just going to pretend to be a robot. Look outside your window, Greg. That's me holding. He's standing. That's me. He's going to be standing at a door with a with a phone charger hanging out That's of his me. ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's me holding up the boombox playing in your eyes. Like that's your window. So, oh. wow, you're you're a sex bot. No, wait. This is just a phone charger in your ass. What? Is, sex bot. What sex bot? Sex bot. <laughs> <laughs> it it had a good idea. Um and they marketed it playing into that idea and there really wasn't any like I was like okay this is it, this isn't anything near what I was promised or expected um how did this get to be number one this is this is not worth the number one spot and I think what it was like I said was that people were like oh yeah let's give this a shot this looks like it might be good Korean sci-fi let's do it and and then you end up with a rating of 5.4 on IMDb yeah yeah but you also I'm, end up with a game with a game I've oh is there a game do- there's a game now. There wasn't going to be a game, but you got, gave me an idea. You were talking about Ooh. bad translations. Oh, 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 God. So I'm going to read you the translations of what the movies are called in other countries, and you have to tell me what movie you're <laughs> talking about. All right. Okay. I found this right. I do not know if these are actually true, but you know they will be after I put them on the podcast. Um, so this one is, uh, if, if you leave me, I delete you. Oh, um... Her. Yes, you were right. No. Close. Same general idea, same tone. Jim Carrey. That's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, shit. This one's one's funny. Uh, In China, this movie is called His Great Device Makes Him Famous. (laughs) Okay. Um, Deep Throat? I don't know. The Steve Jobs story? (laughs) No. (laughs) Device is... uh, it, the word device is definitely holding a lot of weight here on this. You lost me. That's Boogie Nights. Makes him the device. Oh. oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> let's see. This one you'll, you won't guess, but um, hey, where are the babies? But don't think of babies like babies. Think of them like, you know, foxes oh. or cute women. Uh, hey, where are the babies? Um it, in America, Bound. this movie in this, in America, this caused everyone to start um, listening to music from the 1920s. This movie, 
from the twenties. Yeah, swingers. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, this oh. one you guys will get a very power. A very powerful whale runs to heaven. <laughs> what the free Willy? Yep. <laughs> oh, it is free Willy. <laughs> yeah, it is free Willy. That's that's what they called free Willy in China. <laughs> Good oh, shit. Runs to- oh, uh, this is the uh, this one. I don't know if it's true. I tried to look it up, but. It's funny, regardless. Um, in France, this movie uh, was called "The Young People Who Traverse Dimensions While Wearing Sunglasses." Dimensions, Matrix. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Um. Uh. Let's see. Captain Supermarket is Japan is a Japanese one. Captain, Captain Supermarket. Supermarket. You're never gonna get this, but it's a movie we've talked about like a lot. Hot dog party? No. Captain Supermarket. Chainsaw hand. Um. Oh, uh, Army of Darkness. Yep. Or Evil Dead. Army of Darkness. Captain yeah. Supermarket. Okay. Oh my god, that's so yeah. funny. Uh, apparently, in Argentina, this movie Shop is called Vas- There's Shop a movie called Vaseline. Vaseline. Okay. That's Greece. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Now is okay. Okay, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now I have to ask: Is this the actual movie, or is this one of those cheap uh, second-rate knockoffs? Yeah, that I'm not sure. I, I started. I was looking it up while you guys were while you guys okay. were talking. Um, in Malaysia, in Malaysia, there's a movie called Austin Powers: The Spy Who Be- Behaved Very Nicely Around Me. That is a spy who That's really me. funny. Um, <laughs> a movie about uh, a movie about insane people, and it's called in Japan a seventeen-year-old girl's medical chart. Oh, um, oh, come on! I know it. Angelina Jolie. Yeah, girl interrupted in the middle of it. Here you go. Seventeen-year-old medical chart. Mysterious murder in snowy cream. In snowy cream. Yeah. Mysterious murder. Oh, the one with Ben Affleck. No, no. I think it's definitely uh, Fargo. Oh, oh, oh. I was thinking GI Jane thing. was referred to as the movie came out as Satan female disorder. Really? <laughs> Jesus, that's extreme. Oh my god! And in honor of Alec, I don't know. Again, I have no idea if this is true, but in honor of Alec, we've got the teeth from the sea. If you were in France and you saw the teeth from the sea, what movie would you be? Hundred percent Jaws. You got it. The Jaws. teeth from the sea. Which, which reminds me, when you posted that picture in the Discord, that is a movie that we absolutely have to watch. Puppet Shark. Oh, yes. Goddamn right. I've been that on the has lookout. to. Happen. I've been on the lookout for it since. By the way, Puppet Shark. Oh. Excellent. <laughs> in Thailand, Dimwit surges forth. Is the water boy? <laughs> Dimwit surges forth. That's funny. Yeah. Nice. Okay. In Japan, very. Uh, I'm in, <laughs> in Japan. I'm I'm drunk, and you're a prostitute. That's the Omar Vasil oh, story. Geez. Pretty woman <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. Oh, oh. my god! <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, okay, I don't even know well, where to go with that. I think that's going to wrap it up for our topics for sure. Yeah, we've got. Um, uh, but we do have a uh, we do have a give me five question for the night, Greg. You want to uh, clue them in on what that is? Yeah. So since we did a little bit of alternative history with the hunters, 
this time. And I've, I love alternative history stories. I love what if stories in comics, which is not history, mm-hmm. but you know, they, if what if one little thing was different and everything changed? Or I used to read a lot of those books where you know, back in the day, it was like a you know, what if one thing was different in World War Two or the Vietnam War or whatever, and it completely shifted everything. So, um, we are going to ask you guys what alternative history uh, TV shows or movies or streaming, any of that kind of stuff. Um, what are the top five best alternative history shows? Slash movies. Um, so uh, there's a lot. I have mine, but I have not actually put numbers to them yet, which I'm going to do when whoever goes first. I will put numbers to mine on the fly. Omar, do you have your I'm list? Ready to go? Go for it. And uh, so my top five. I'll start with an honorable mention because it's kind of well. My whole list is kind of a cheat. But my honorable mention is the show Fringe, because they were like Ooh. two different versions of Earth, and one of them, like for example, nine mm-hmm. eleven never happened, and gotcha. and uh, okay. the Statue of Liberty is still like bronze colored. It's kind of cool. It's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I, my number five, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Man in the High Castle. Um, that was really good. It was it was just great. Number four is a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a cheat. Um, back to the future. Because, you know, things kind of change because he's going back and forth. Part right? two. Yeah. Kind of all of them because to me, to me, it's all one big jumbled story. Number two mm-hmm. and number three are sort of tied. I don't really have a, an order for them. But um, Terminator, because sometimes they play with time a little bit. And obviously there's like a an alternative thing going on. Number three of the Watchmen or number two, I guess would be the right. Watchmen. Which, which Watchmen, the TV show? Or the I, I only know. Oh, I did see the show. Really both. I mean, I kind of find like, but I, I was thinking really the movie, but um, really both of them, I think would work. And I guess the comic is, I don't know how close the comic is to the, to the stories that we know. Um, and number one, I'm bringing it back. Don't hate me because oh, you no. love me. Oh, no. The oh, sound of thunder. I'm going to stab you Boom! in the face. Sound of thunder. <laughs> Alternate history. Rob. So no. good. You cannot stab him in the face because I'm going to stab him in the face. <laughs> Right after we delete this top five from the recording. You're welcome, world. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I stand by it. I do. I hate you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so I guess I'll go now. Omar um, should die of gonorrhea. And my, my honorable mention is... A alternative history in which we never had to watch a Sound of Thunder. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So that would, that's my honorable mention. Uh, also, for all mankind, which I'm not actually the only reason it's an honorable mention is because I haven't watched it yet. Gotcha. But and, but literally, with not even thinking about this question, a coworker was telling me about it like just a week ago. Right now, actually, it was just like two days ago. It was Tuesday. Um. He was like, have you seen that yet? And basically it's um, for all mankind. It is telling what would happen if the 1960s space race between uh, the Americans and Soviets never ended. 
Oh, I didn't realize so basically, that's what it was. I thought it was just about the space race. Yeah, no, so it actually goes beyond that. So there's actually, uh, like, military bases on the moon and stuff, which now I got to watch oh, it. Oh, hell yeah. It's done by the dude that did, uh, it's done by the, the dude that did uh, Battlestar Galactica remake. So hmm. if that's any uh, thing, you're, it's going to start off really, really badass and awesome, and it's going to end up with, like, this uh, weird ethereal bullshit where people are talking to God and stuff. But I still uh, like that show overall, though. Hopefully. Oh, the, the remake I thought was good. Yeah, yeah. I did, too. I did, too. But that's that's my normal mention. Um, uh, number five, we're going Quentin Tarantino here. I'm going to go ahead and just put two things together because I ran out of numbers. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Inglorious Bastards. Now, both of those are real moments in history with slight changes to it. Um, the reason why I, I feel like I can put them together and why they're – even though I love both of those movies, they're further back is because it's really only showing how those events affected those characters, not so much the overall history of everything. So – that's uh, why it's slightly, you know, it's lower. Uh, Hunters just talked about it. That's number four. Eleven twenty two sixty three. Stephen King, King book, right? Yeah. What if yeah. someone could go back in time and stop Kennedy from getting shot? What would happen? Turns out, not so many good things. Um, very interesting story, and it's a series on Hulu, I believe. Hmm. Actually, I think I signed up for Hulu to watch that series, and I never canceled it. So that series has cost me a lot hmm. of money. Hmm. Uh, to Watchmen, the show, just a different um, look on life and different look on on history and the way certain mm-hmm. things have changed. Number one is Man in the High Castle because I, I really – even though Man in the High Castle wasn't quite as enjoyable as some of those other things, I thought it did a really good job of showing what would happen if – you guys know the story uh, – if Japan and Germany won World War II and then basically split America in half – with Japan taking the West Coast, Germany taking the East Coast, and then there being kind of a no man's land in the middle. Um, and what that would have actually meant and what that would have looked like. And it, so it's like at times it's not the most enjoyable show to watch because it's very drab and depressing and you'll love a character and then they get sh- shot because they're caught being a spy. And it's like Ugh. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was a very well done show. <clears throat> so that's nice. One. Nicely done. I didn't All hear right. Sound of Thunder well, in there, but that's I will, fine. I will go ahead and do mine. That's because I'm competent. <laughs> and my my honorable mention as well will be an alternate universe where we did not have to watch Sound of Fair Thunder. Um, but I like my, that universe so much better. <laughs> yeah. My number five is going to be Back to the Future as well. Um, Back to the Future 2 specifically because they changed a lot of stuff in Back to the Future 2. Um, with Biff getting the book and everything becoming, uh, you know, super powerful in his current time. My number four is going to be my number four will probably be X Men: Days of Future Past. Oh, they did have they did have some uh, some events that were toyed with by the X Men, so to speak. Um, my number three is going to be. Inglorious Bastards. And we've already talked about that. My number two... My number two is going to be something that I've talked about multiple times on this show and that Omar has yet to friggin' read. Hmm. I don't know what you mean. And and that's going to be Age of Iron. I don't don't know what that is. Shut your mouth. Omar, multiple multiple demerits this episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean well. You you sound of thunder loving. 
<laughs> Read I the book, him. Omar. I find him charming. <laughs> you would. But my number one. Look at his little face. He's adorable. My number one. I'm bringing it back from my childhood. I loved it. I'm going to go with Quantum Leap. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you both forgot Quantum Leap. I did. Quantum Leap is going to be my number one. Traveling back, traveling through time, setting right things that once went wrong. That was a good one. And hoping each time that my next leap be the leap home. That was definitely a good one. That was a great show. Loved that show. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Nicely done, gents. And also, we've got one from our uh, patron of Unusual Size, Alec. Ooh. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast. Glad that you're doing the list again. Um, top five alternate history uh, movies or TV shows. Uh, number five, I did Watchmen, the movie from 2009. I think um, I remember there was big anticipation for that movie, and I, I thought it delivered for the most part. Number four, this one's for Rob. It's Red Dawn. I just watched it on TV recently. I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And uh, it was, a, just remember, I forgot how dark that movie was. And uh, yeah, it starts off and things are already messed up. So it's definitely an alternate history movie. Number three is a repeat in a way. It's Watchmen again, but this time it's a TV show, which I think is far superior to the movie. And the only TV show I have on my list, I, I thought it was a really uh, great alternate history uh, platform. And then the next two are intertwined in the sense that they're from the same director, Quentin Tarantino. Number two is Glorious Bastards, which obviously changes the ending of World War II and is a fantastic movie. And then number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which changes the events of, um, uh, what do you call it, Charlie Manson and uh, all the murders that happened. So I thought that uh, both those movies are the best examples to me of you know really messing with history timelines in a sense that you know makes sense more so than if it was uh i saw back to the future as a choice and i don't know if that counts all the way because we never know what it actually changes in real history uh as much as these five uh things do so anyway hope you like the list and i look forward to hearing yours thanks bye nice man that was fast no that's just a i was just putting it in there just in case he gets oh. one in and i can that's why I clapped first, so that I could edit it in. Oh, I thought you were clapping for our lists. <laughs> no, 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 I don't applaud you, people. <laughs> yeah, I thought there, I thought some kind of technical thing that you were you were clapping. Yeah, if I, if I applaud for you, people, you'll get big heads and you'll you know try to break away from the Greg Marcus uh, Entertainment uh, Universe. Don't say your real <laughs> name. Don't say your government Greg. name. You're tricky dick shot. <laughs> it's the, tricky the, dick. The, the Greg Marcus Media Conglomerate. <laughs> Uh, of unusual size. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's our top fives. And that's going to bring us to the end of the show. So once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Omar, how can they get in touch with us? Um, Excellent. Good job. Call so <laughs> just send Greg a text. You can, you can go to our website, give me five podcast.com. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Give Me Five podcast. Please, guys, remember, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. It helps other people find us. It helps us move up to the top of the list. And that's going to do it for tonight. So remember, like I always say, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember.
spank me, and I get excited. Oh. I don't want you excited. Yeah, you do. To a time where we're